know, yes, indeed, all other ground is sinking sand. Thank you once again for joining us. Uh, may I invite uh, Sister Bjorn Seka, if you are available, please say the opening prayer. Thank you, ma. Okay, Sister Bjorn Seka, if you are available, please say the opening prayer. Thank you, Our Father and our God, we thank you for yet another opportunity to gather as a thank community. You, to read a book that you have caused to be written for our learning to aid us in our Christian work. We pray you, Lord, that you continue to give us insight. Amen. To strengthen us. Amen. To make us know that we do not walk this walk alone. Mm -hmm. there, there are many that have come before us and there are many that are making this journey like us so that we will not grow faint-hearted, but be strengthened. We ask that your Holy Spirit join us Amen. in this meeting and take preeminence over all that will be taught. Amen. And learn. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Ma. And God bless you all. So we have more people in the virtual studio now. We have joining us, uh, you've heard the voice of Sister Bedi Seka, now Sister Fumbi Shukoya and Sister Deumi, Afolobia Jani. We're going to read our opponent memory verse now, and that's to be found on page page 15, page 15 of the program outline on gospelbestradio.com, our opponent memory verse. After that, we have yesterday's recap, that's a short recap, and then we'll go back to... To chapter four. We're going to go back to chapter four to conclude our reading of chapter four. Sister MC is reading for us chapter four. I hope Sister Domi is ready to read chapter five when we get there. Okay, please, if you can unmute, please do unmute and let's read together our opponent memory verse for this study. Hebrews eleven thirteen. Hebrews eleven thirteen. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, we are assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Hebrews 11, 13. Okay, let's keep that in mind. Those who confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, and that should be us making that confession. Okay. Let's go back uh, all the way if you're at gospelbestreet.com. You need to scroll your PDF all the way back to, to page 8 to have a recap of yesterday's reading. Yesterday, uh, the title of chapter 4 is The Wicked Gate. The Wicked Gate is the narrow gate. The narrow gate. And we read yesterday that as Christiana and Mercy and Christiana's boys, of course, as they set out uh, for the journey, uh, Mercy became anxious, thinking that, well, Christiana, I've decided to come with you, but remember that you are the one who got the invitation. I did not get any invitation. What if I'm not, I'm not accepted there? And thankfully, uh, after discussing with Christiana, she resolved in her mind, saying that, well, I'll just go. And I'll just trust that I'll be admitted at the wicked gate. And we learned from that, saying that although doubts and fears and anxieties may persist, the right thing for a Christian to do is to abandon himself, to abandon herself to the loving kindness and the unchanging grace 
of God. And I love if you follow the hymn we sang at the beginning, it says, When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. Uh, the, lo- the, the more we believe in the unchanging grace of God, uh, the more readily we will submit ourselves to his governance and knowing that his thoughts towards us are always thoughts of good and not of evil. Uh, so Mercy Aldo's anxieties, nevertheless, she continued on the journey and decided to go to the wicked gate. Then Mercy started crying, started weeping. And Christina said, why are you weeping? She said, look, I'm weeping for family and friends who are still in the city of destruction. And, and Christina responded with something that is telling, something that we should hold on to. Christina said, compassion becomes pilgrims, meaning that pilgrims are by nature compassionate people, people who are compassionate for those who are not in the fold. Uh, pilgrims are not those who will say, those useless people, uh, those perishing people, you know, those unfortunate people. I'm fortunate to be here, but these people are not fortunate. They are, they are, they are foolish. But no, uh, the pilgrims are always compassionate for those who are, in the, who are not in the fold and always weeping for them. And for those who are truly weeping for somebody in the place of prayer, weeping will now be metaphorical for uh, somebody praying passionately, grieving for somebody, for another person to come to Christ. We are reminded that our Lord gathers up our tears and stores them in his bottle, meaning that those tears are not for nothing. Even if we don't see the answer to the prayers now, they are stored in his bottle. And that's from Psalm 56, verse 3. And again, that those who go forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing the sheaves. And then we read of the swamp of despond. Those who read Pilgrim's Progress 1 with us know that Christian and Pliable fell into that swamp and they would have perished, but for that man, help who brought Christian out of that swamp. Pliable immediately got out, uh, turned away from the pilgrim way, and went back to the city of destruction. But in this case, Christiana and, and Mercy did not fall into the swamp because they paid attention. And uh, we, we are also told there that the swamp persists, continues in existence because some people should have, uh, we should have made the place good. The king's servants should have made the place good, uh, many of them. Uh, instead of making it good, are actually sabotaging the effort. Instead of bringing, uh, of bringing stones to fill up the place, they are throwing dirt and dung into the place. And of course, if you recall, uh, we spoke at length about that, how we should evaluate ourselves and ask whether in our contribution to the Christian community we are helping or we are a stumbling block to others who are trying to find their way to the cross of Christ. Now we go to knocking on the wicked gate. This is on page 10. So if you're at gospelbestreader.com, please scroll to page 10, knocking on the wicked gate. So I'm still reading. This is chapter 4. So I hope we're all ready. Let's begin from knocking on the wicked gate. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Knocking on the wicked gate. And now, Mr. Sagacity left me to dream out my dream by myself. Therefore, it seemed to me that I saw Christiana. Hello? Yes, please go ahead. Okay. Therefore, it seemed to me that I saw Christiana, Mercy, and the boys all go up to the gate. When they came to it, they entered into a short debate about how they should conduct their affairs when calling at the gate. For instance, 
They discussed what should be said to one who opened the gate and who should be talking. So they concluded, since Christiana was the oldest, that she should be the one to knock for entrance and that she should also speak for the rest of them to the man who opened the gates. So Christiana began to knock and just like her poor husband, she knocked and knocked again. But instead of a person answering the knock, they all thought they heard the sound of a dog barking in their direction. It wasn't just any bark, but the deep sound of an enormous dog. This filled the women and children with dread. They dared not knock anymore for fear that Mastiff will stare at the noise and rapidly overtake them. Due to this turn of events, they were greatly confused and unsure of what they should do next. They dared not knock for fear of the dog. They dared not go back for fear the keeper of the gate shall see them as they left and then be offended with him. Finally, they thought about knocking again. At this time, they knocked more passionately than they did the first time. The keeper of the gate answered, Who is there? And at the sound of the keeper's voice, the dog ran off to back elsewhere, and the gatekeeper opened the gate to, to them. Christiana bowed low and said, Lord, please don't be offended with your hands, Midians, because we have knocked at, at his princely gate. Then the keeper said, from what place do you come and what is that you want? Christiana answered, we have come from the same place from which Christian came and for the same business. To be clear, we are asking that if it pleases you, that we'll be graciously admitted by this gate into the way that leads to the celestial city. And I answer my Lord, in regarding the second question, that I am Christiana, once the wife of Christian, who has now arrived above. With that, the keeper of the gate gaped in wonder, saying, What? Did the one who abhorred that life such a short time ago now become a pilgrim? She bowed her head and said, Yes. And so are this my sweet children also. He reached out and took her by the hand and let her in, and also said, Permit the little children to come unto me. And with that, he shut up the gates. Then he called to a trumpeter, who is sit situated up over the gates, above over the gates, to receive Christian, Christiana with shouting and the sound of a joyful trumpet. So he obeyed the sounded trumpet, which filled the air with pleasant music. Thank you very much. And that marks the end of, of chapter four of chapter four. And we have now read of of Christiana. Uh, and of course, and our boys and mercy, of course, arriving at the wicked gate. But let's begin to engage with uh, with this portion of the text. Now, the first uh, uh, the first engaged in this discussion about whether uh, to decide on who should knock when they uh, get to the gate to the gate. And well, let's look at this. These are question six on page twelve. Or rather, question seven. We we concluded on five and six yesterday. Now, listen to this portion. When they came to it, they entered into a short debate about how they should conduct their affairs when calling at the gate. 
Of course, recall that initially on their way, they were discussing they were discussing Messi's anxieties, and they resolved that when Messi said, "Don't worry, although I'm anxious, but I'll still go." Uh, at some point, they now started to discuss. Look, when we get there, we should talk. We should knock. We should knock on the gate. Then they decided that oh, Christiana should knock on the gate. Do you think it was profitable for Christiana and Messi to have engaged in this debate? I think about what we learned yesterday, uh, what we discussed yesterday. Especially about mercy and our disposition. What would you say? Do you think this was a profitable debate about who should who should knock? Uh, saying that okay, we are going to this gate, to the gate, and of course we uh, who can tell us what the gate represents, what the wicked gate represents. And then just I mean, in matters like this, usually you may not have a there is no wrong answer, no strictly wrong answer. There will be a right answer, uh, but just venture and answer, just think through it. Uh, what's the wicked gate, or who is the wicked gate, and uh, was it a profitable discussion they had trying to think through who should uh, who should knock at the gate when we get there? Who should knock? Who should not knock? They were thinking of how to conduct themselves uh, when they get to. Uh, when they get to the to the wicked gate, anybody ready to volunteer there? To volunteer an answer, an answer on that. Of course, we are taking this right from from the portion that we just read, uh, saying that when they came to it, that is when they came uh, close close to to the wicked gate, I decided they entered into a short debate discussing who should actually conduct our affairs when we get there. Who should who should knock? Actually, conduct our affairs. Then they settled. Or Christiana say, okay, Christiana, you when we get there, you'll be the one, uh, you'll be the one uh, to knock, to knock. What do you think? So you can join us at Gospel Best Radio uh, if you are there and you want to contribute to this. If you want to answer a question, just uh, just tap the WhatsApp widget. Uh, feel free, tap the WhatsApp widget and send a text to answer or send a voice note. And if you want to call into the studio, let us know. We'll be glad to, to take your call and we'll be glad to hear your voice. Yes. So as between as between Christiana and and Mercy, what would you say? Was it was it something profitable uh, that they engaged in on whether uh, somebody should knock? Or another should uh, should do the talking. Was that something profitable? I would say if you think back through to our discussion yesterday, uh, yesterday when although Mrs. Timorous attempted to persuade Mercy uh, to leave Christina to her own devices, both Mrs. Timorous and Mercy went to Christina's house ostensibly to persuade her not to embark on the pilgrim on the pilgrimage. Uh, but when they sensed Christina's resolve. When they sense Christina's resolve, uh, Mrs. Timorous said, well, I'm going to leave you to your foolery, and I'm going to leave. But then Mercy, and he said, look, Mercy, let's leave. And Mercy said, no, I'm not going to leave. Uh, in our mind, we were let into what was going through Mercy's mind. Mercy said, look, uh, this, uh, this woman, Christina, may need my help. I'm going to help her. Secondly, I need to learn more about this resolve of ours. And then Mercy decided to stay. And yesterday, uh, we made point out of the truth that when it comes to to embarking on the pilgrimage it's an individual decision uh, each person must make up his or her own mind each person must be on that pilgrimage you cannot be on the pilgrimage uh, vicariously you cannot be on the pilgrimage through your dad for example or through your friend or through your wife or through your friend uh, or through your friend you, you cannot be on the pilgrimage vicariously you have to be there uh, making up your own mind 
and taking the steps that you need to take because each of us, that's what the scripture says, each of us will stand before the judgment throne of Christ. Not we, we are not going to stand uh, one standing for the other or the other way. And that is why to my mind, I suppose that it was not really a profitable discussion they had, not a profitable debate they had about how they should conduct their affairs when calling uh, the mercy gate. Indeed, uh, when, when you get to the wicked gate, when you get before the Lord, and we know our Lord already identified himself as the door, as the gate. He is the gate. He is the way to, to the Father, is the way to the Father, is the way to, uh, to, 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 to the Father. And you see, when we are discussing about going to Him, yes, people who are young in the faith may engage in discussions like this. How should we say it? How should we present our matter? How should we talk to Him? Who should talk first? What should I start with? And how should we present it so that we are admitted? Yeah, I mean, those are things to expect from people who do not, who do not yet know their Lord. But those who know their Lord know that they are called to come just as they are, just that, just, just as they are. And we're going to find later on that uh, this had some, uh, it had consequences that they got there, and it was Christiana alone who knocked at the gate. But we are still, we are still going to see the consequences of that when we get to chapter 5. Okay, if you still want to uh, contribute to that, do not hesitate to do so. Just tap the WhatsApp widget and let us know what your uh, contribution to this is. I think we have... Okay, let me see if you have something on... Okay, not yet. Good, good. So do contribute uh, to that if you think it was a profitable discussion they had uh, by trying to decide who should knock when they get to the gate. And then again, in the portion we just read, I'll take you back to, I think, page 10. Page 10, uh, under the heading of knocking at the wicked gate, the second paragraph there, it says, So Christina began to knock, and just like a poor husband, she knocked and knocked again. She began to knock, and she knocked and knocked again. If you remember that uh, when Christian himself got to the wicked gate, he knocked and knocked and knocked and knocked. And the question is, what's the point of this knocking? Why is it that... One knock is never enough. Why is it that one knock, one knock is never enough at the wicked gate? It was the same with, Chris, with Christian. He knocked a number of times before the gate was opened. And now with, with Christian as well, who wants to venture an answer there? Why is it that one knock is never enough? Because we think through it as human beings and say, look, why is it that one knock is never enough? When they got there and they knocked, is it that, uh, is it that the keeper of the gate uh, was asleep or was not attentive? Or is it that he just delights in making his people knock and knock and knock again? And we know that in spiritual terms, when the Lord said knock, when the Lord says seek and knock, he's saying to us pray, pray, persist in prayer. So this must be taken to symbolize prayer, really, talking about prayer. Why is it that asking once uh, never seemed to be enough? With, with Christian, it was not enough. With Christiana, not enough. And I suppose that all of us, uh, being people on the pilgrimage already, we would testify that oftentimes uh, we've had to ask and ask and ask and ask over and over again. Uh, what lesson are we to learn from this? What lesson are we to learn from this? Is this something that we continue to bother, we should continue to bother our heads about and say that, oh, why is one knock never enough? God knows my heart. I'm asking him in spirit and in truth, yet uh, it seems that we have to knock and knock and knock and knock again. 
Think about that, and if any answer comes to your mind, do share with us, and, and let's discuss it together. And look at question number nine. Again, we are taking this passage from, the, from what we just read in chapter four. You know, after they started knocking, and then they found that there was a dog nearby. The louder they knocked, the louder the dog barked. So they became afraid. Uh, in fact, they wanted to stop knocking because they were afraid that their knocking would rouse the dog and cause the dog to come to them and do them harm. So this quoted passage in our question 9 says, They dared not knock for fear of the dog. They dared not go back for fear the keeper of the gate should see them as they left and then be offended with them. So this is a scenario, this is what we call a classic uh, dilemma, classic dilemma where, as Americans would say, uh, they found themselves between a rock and a hard place. Or in Christian terms, we say between the, uh, the Red Sea and the rampaging army of Pharaoh. Nowhere to go because uh, they feared that if they continued to knock, they would rouse that dog, that, uh, that ferocious sounding dog. And they also feared that if they left and stopped knocking, then they would offend, they would offend the, the keeper of the gate. I'm asking the question, which Bible verse comes to your mind there? Especially the parts that are where they felt afraid that, oh, if they left, uh, they will probably offend the keeper of the gate. Brashen, go ahead. Okay. Uh, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Uh, from the question eight, mm. why does it seem that one knock is never enough? Yes. Uh, the scripture that came to mind mm. uh, should be Luke chapter 18, where Jesus was teaching us about a woman mm -hmm. who kept who was being persistent to mm -hmm. plead with the judge. Exactly. And Jesus was using that to teach Christians, believers, about the kind of attitude to put on in the place of prayer. Oh, yes. So, uh, God, every believer, I was stating this today, I said, no believer is above trial. Mm -hmm. Every believer should, should note that. So yeah. you you that you pray and you don't get answered immediately shouldn't suggest to you that God has shot his ears towards you. Mm. It's just a thirst of perseverance. Mm. The Bible says that after that, when patient had worked its work, yes. you know, there is there is something, there is something God is trying to build exactly. up in us. We don't say because we asked once, then mm -hmm. we go back to our shell. Mm -hmm. Another mm -hmm. scripture that came to mind is the place where Elijah had to pray for rain. Yes. He sent a servant the first time, the second time, the third, to the seventh time. Mm. But he kept praying until it happened. Exactly. So uh, a one-off prayer, yes, sometimes it looks like that, like it's a one-off prayer, especially at the very beginning of our salvation. Yes. It, it, it looks magical. But when, when you are a mature Christian, you know that sometimes it doesn't work that way. That way. God is not a magician. He's only a miracle worker. Mm -hmm. So, But that he doesn't answer the first knock does not mean he will not open. So we just need to be consistent and persistent in the place of prayer. Oh, yes. Now, to the dilemma in question nine. Yes. Uh, you've, uh, you've stated the Bible verse that should come to mind where 
the the children of Israel, Exodus 14, mm. they were faced with the Red Sea at mm. the front mm -hmm. and at the back was the, the, the armies of, of Egypt. Yes. They can't run back to where they are coming from. Mm. Neither can they go forward. So at that point too, the only saving grace is to listen to God. Hold your peace. Hold your peace. To see salvation. Exactly. We will, we will at some point, we will be, believers, at some point we get to crossroad mm -hmm. that we will just have to rely on God. And say, God, I've exhausted my strength. Oh, Help yes. me. Oh, yes. And you see, his voice will always be that my grace it's is sufficient. sufficient for you. And my power is made manifest in your weakness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you so very much. And I love the way that you put uh, so many things together there. Uh, because in, in in looking at that question, why does it seem that one one knock is never enough? You have already mentioned, and rightly so, uh, our Lord's teaching that men ought to pray and not faint. And the parable he told, the parable of that woman who kept asking and kept knocking at the gate of that unjust judge. I also love that you referenced James 1.4. And this goes to the root of uh, the philosophical questions behind this question. The question of, okay, yeah, maybe one knock is not about, but what's the point? What's the point of making us knock and knock and ask and ask again? And James 1.4, let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, want, wanting nothing. Me meaning that there's always a point. There's always a point to God making us wait. There's always a point to God making us knock and knock and knock over and over and over again because there's always a lesson to be learned. He wants us to learn something. He wants us to go through, uh, go through an experience uh, that would benefit us, that would profit us. Uh, he never allows his children to shed needless tears. And, and, I, and I think we should have that family in mind that if, if it seems that one knock is never enough, we should know that it's not just a God who takes delight in us uh, be, being anxious and knocking for, for the sake of it. Uh, it's not that kind of God. He is, he is trying to make us profit, make us profit by the... Uh, by the experience, I love that you mentioned uh, again that uh, that that account from Exodus. I would also mention Luke nine sixty two, where our Lord said, "No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God." And I suppose that Christiana and Mercy or Christiana uh, they had this in mind, although they perhaps they had not read the scripture at that time. But they must have it in mind that look, we have come this far. The owner of the of the way, the Lord of the way, must have seen us perhaps through the uh, through the pinhole on the game. Must have seen us. If we should turn back now, uh, we would surely offend him. And all that we are also instructed by that uh, that if for the fear of the dogs barking at us, we turn back. If for the fear of the lions, we turn back and say, look, I cannot go any further. We would truly, truly be offending. Our Lord, who has said, uh, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. I pray God will continue to help us to learn all these lessons uh, to be, and to profit from the, uh, from the experiences of these pilgrims of whom we are now reading. So if you have anything else to contribute to all these questions, feel free to drop it in the chat room or to just unmute your microphone and contribute or to send it to us on 
on WhatsApp if you are listening to us at gospelbearsradio.com. So that's chapter four. And that's chapter four of Christina's journey. And thank you very much, the MC, for reading uh, chapter four. If there are further questions on chapter four, please uh, let us have them. We're now going to scroll down to page 15 from where we begin chapter five. Chapter five is titled mercy at the wicked gate and you may be asking yourself oh were they not both at the wicked gate but as we're going to find out it was only christiana who was admitted mercy was not admitted at the wicked gate well so you know she was anxious now it will appear that our worst fears our worst fears had come to to reality okay uh, are you available to read chapter five Beginning from page 15. Yes, thank you. Yes, good evening. Good evening. Mercy, a wicked gift. Yes. Mercy faints. Now, all this time, Mercy stood outside the gate, trembling and crying, for she feared that she had been rejected. But when Christiana had gained admittance for herself and her boys, she began to make intercession for mercy. Christina said, My Lord, I have a companion who still stands outside the gate, who has come here for the same reason as myself. She is feeling quite discouraged because she thinks she has come here without an invitation, while I was sent for by my husband's king. Mercy began to be very impatient and each minute seemed as long as an hour to hour. Therefore, she prevented Christiana from the fuller interceding for her by knocking at the gate herself. And she knocked so loud that she made Christiana jump. Then the keeper of the gate asked, Who is that? And Christiana said, It is my friend. So he opened the gate and looked out. But Mercy had fallen down unconsciously outside the gate because she had fainted for fear that the gate would not be open to her. The keeper reached out, down, and took her by the hand. He said, young woman, I command you, get up. Mercy opened her eyes and said, oh, sir, I'm faint. There is hardly a trace of life left in me. But the keeper answered her, someone once said, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came unto you and to your holy temple. Jonah 2, 7. The keeper told her, fear not, but stand up on your feet and tell me why you have come here. Mercy stood on shaking legs and said, I have come for that which I have never invited. I was never invited like my friend Christiana was. Hers was from the king, and my invite was bought from her. Therefore, I fear I ventured here without permission. Did she desire you to come with her to this place? The keeper asked. Mercy gave an earnest nod. Yes, and as my Lord sees, I have come. And if there is any grace and forgiveness of sin to spare, 
I request that your poor handmaid may be a partaker of it. The keeper took Mercy again by the hand and led her gently inside the wicked gate. He said, I pray for all who believe on me. Shall I go ahead with the scripture? Yes, please go ahead. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me, for they are thine. John 17, 9. Then he said to others who stood nearby, Fetch something and give it to Mercy to smell, to help stop her from fainting. So they fetched a bundle of myrrh, and she inhaled deeply of its fragrance, and a short while later was revived. Received by the Lord. And so Christiana and her boys and Mercy were all received by the Lord at the head of the way, and they were spoken kindly to by him. They also said to him, We are sorry for our sins and beg of our Lord his pardon and further information regarding what we must do. He said, I grant pardon by word and deed. By word in the promise of forgiveness, by deed in the way I obtained it. Take the first from my lips with a kiss and the other as it shall be revealed. Scripture, and having said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. John 20, 20. Now and I saw in my dream that he spoke many words, good words to them, by which they were greatly gladdened. He also brought them up to the top of the gate and showed them at that at what time they were saved. And also told them that this sight would comfort them again as they went along the way. So he left them a while in a summer parlor below, where they refreshed themselves and discussed what had happened. Christiana began and said, How glad I am that we have gotten him here. Mercy agreed, but said, You may very well be glad but I have even more cause to leave the jar. Christiana considered the time she spent knocking at the door and said, I thought at one time, as I stood knocking at the gate and no one answered, that all our labor had been for nothing, especially when that ugly mongrel made such a loud, deep barking against us. Mercy said, my worst fear came when I saw you were taken into his favor when you disappeared to the gate. I thought I'll be left behind. At that time, at that time, I thought what was written had been fulfilled. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one should be taken and the other left. Matthew 24, 41. I made quite a commotion, but to refrain from crying out, rained, destroyed. I was afraid to knock at the gate again. But when I looked up and saw what was written over the gate, I took courage 
I also decided I must stay there, knock again or die. So why not? I can't begin to tell how my spirit struggled within between life and death. Christiana said, couldn't you tell how loudly you knocked? I could tell you that your knocks were so earnest and that they startled me. I thought that I had never heard such knocking in all my life. In fact, I thought perhaps you would enter the gate by force or take the kingdom by storm. Scripture, from the days of John the Baptist until now, life is given unto the kingdom of the heavens and the valiant take hold of it. Matthew 11 verse 12. Regrettably, for someone in my situation, what else could I do? Messi asked. You saw that the door shut after you entered in. I stood on the other side along with that cruel dog. No one could be more faint-hearted than me. Who in my situation would not have knocked with all their might? But please tell me, what did my Lord say about my rudeness? Was he angry about me? It's me. A smile talked at the corner of Kristen's mouth when he heard you widely widely noise. He smiled and most wonderful smile. I believe what you did pleased him, for he showed no sign to the contrary. But I wonder in my heart why he keeps such a dog. I have to say that I've known that before we came to the gate. I'm not sure I would have had courage enough to have attempted any of this. But now, we are in. She grabbed Mercy's shoulders and deep down, I've never been happier. Yeah. Okay, do me thanks. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, let's pause for now. Uh, there and attempt some questions because this next part, the closing part, we hear uh, a pretty lengthy sermon of sorts from the keeper of the gate, and I want us to pay attention to it. But I love where we are stopping okay. now. Where uh, this is. Christiana saying to Mercy, all is over here now. And he, and he said, and deep down, I've never been happier. Deep down, I've never been happier. Okay, let's attempt some of the questions we have here. Uh, why do you think Mercy was uh, was not allowed in at the same time as Christiana and her boys? And this is open to anyone to contribute. Uh, why do you think Mercy was not allowed in at the same time as Christiana and her boys? Because... Uh, Christina was allowed in. The boys were allowed in because the keeper of the gate said, uh, well, let the little one come to me. Uh, then Mercy thought that all her worst fears had come to pass, that she would not be welcome. And she was. She started knocking, uh, knocking so, uh, so, so desperately, so loudly, that even Christina on the other side was, was, was concerned for her. She kept knocking. But why was she not allowed in at the same time as Christina and her boys? And of course, and when you are considering that, you can also look at that second question. The gate was eventually opened. What do you think prompted the gatekeeper to open the gate? Was it Christiana's intercession? Remember that uh, when Mercy was not allowed in, Christiana kept her word. And I, I hope somebody remembers that from yesterday. Christiana said to her, look, if you are afraid that you will not be welcome there, just come with me. When we get there, 
even if you are not welcome, even if they demand for an invitation that you don't have, I'm going to intercede for you. I'm going to put in a word for you. And she did that. Uh, Christina uh, interceded for mercy. But mercy also continued to knock on the other side. So what prompted the gatekeeper to open the gate? Was it Christina's intercession? Was it mercy's persistent knocking? Or was it something else? Was it something else? But let's begin with that first question. Why wasn't mercy allowed in at the same time as Christian and her boys? And I think uh, this is going to go back to something we discussed yesterday. And I think, I mean, this is a recurring theme because we just need to underline it, underline it and note it. And, and of course, tell it to the world that we are ministering to as well. Why was Christian and her boys taken in and not mercy? And not mercy at the same time. Why? 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 Why was mercy left at the gate? They arrived there together, right? They arrived there together. And remember that uh, before they got to the gate, while they were very close to the gate, they, they engaged in that debate on who should talk, who should, who should speak, who should knock. They engaged in that discussion on how they should conduct uh, their affairs at the gate. So, what happened? So they settled that Christina should knock, and Christina knocked, and exactly. And I give you the answer there. Christina knocked, and Christina was was allowed in. It was Christina who knocked, and she was allowed in. Mercy did not knock. That's the uh, that's the that's the short answer, but the all important answer. It was Christina that knocked. It was Christina that was given admittance, and Mercy did not knock. Uh, she was not admitted, right? And um, what does that emphasize? Something, a point from yesterday, right? A point from yesterday that the journey of faith, the journey of salvation is is individual. Uh, individual. Exactly. Do me go ahead. Oh, yeah. Although I was not around yesterday, but I mm. feel that um, it's um, the race is an individual race, exactly. just like you said. Mm. Um, we could see that Christiana and the boys made up their mind yes. to start on the race. So it was like mercy tacked along mm-hmm. the journey. So I think the keeper of the gates wants to be sure of mercy's intention. Exactly. To be sure if she was actually ready for the for the race, or maybe she was just tagging along. And as just as you said, it was um Christiana that knocked on the gate, exactly. meaning that Christiana actually seeked for something mm-hmm. and which she got. So the keeper of the gate must be sure of the intention, just like they're telling each and every one of us that uh, we should be sure of our Christian journey race. We should not just um, follow the crowd because at the long run, it, it deals, um, the Lord wants to know of our stand and our faith in him individually. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And, and you're just spot on there. You're spot on. Our Lord said, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened. So you have to ask. You have to seek. You have to knock. It's not It's not sufficient for uh, for there to be a desire. A desire. The, the person who is seeking the Lord must open his mouth and ask. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. From Romans 10.10. 10. Abraham, go ahead. Yeah, um, what came to mind about that question is when Jesus was on the water, mm-hmm. walking on the water, yes. and the disciples saw him, we we should also ask that, why was it that it was only Peter that walked on water? Mm. 
And exactly. the simple answer is that he was the only one that asked, that asked. That master, if you are the one, bid me to come. Mm, mm, true. And so Absolutely he true. said, come. So I think as the emphasis has been laid, mm-hmm. it is um, it is individual thing. Exactly. It is individual. The salvation of the parents does not save the children. So the children themselves or the child himself or herself need to knock through this door mm-hmm. for the door to be open. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you very much. And I love that uh, that re- the reference you have made also to that uh, to that uh, walking on water accounts from the from the gospel. It was only Peter who asked. So it is it is all important that we ask ask and it will open unto you. I mean I mean a statement like that when you ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be open. The logical inference is that if you don't ask, you will not be given. If you don't seek, you will not find. If you don't knock, the door will not be open. And that goes back to uh, one of the questions we considered earlier on, the question of whether it was profitable for those two adult persons to have uh, engaged in a debate on who should knock, who should talk. No, they should, they should not begin in a debate like that. We are going to get to the gate and then I'm going to ask to be admitted. You are going to ask to be admitted and we need to make that as clear as possible to those who are coming uh, to those who are coming into the into the pilgrim way. So this second question, what uh, what prompted the keeper to open the gate? Was it Christiana's intercession because she interceded for uh, for mercy, credit to Christiana? Was it her intercession? Was it mercy's persistent knocking? Mercy, mercy knocked persistently. She knocked desperately. She almost brought down the gate if she could. Uh, or, or, or was it something else? What prompted the keeper uh, to 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 open the gate to mercy at the time that mercy was losing out? What do you think prompted the keeper to to open the gate? I think Mercy kept knocking. She was knocking. She was persistent. She was. She was persistent, but, but then she fainted. You she know? said something that, you know, exactly that. She said something that, is it that she fainted here? You know, she died. She was not good. She was not ready to leave. The exactly. Gate. She was ready to die there. She was ready to die there. Exactly. And I love the expression you have used that she was like ready to die there. I'll just stay here <laughs> and I'll, I'll run. Ah, you know, I'll die. Or, or I mean, that is, that is a slang from, from the popular culture. Try something or die, or die trying. You either win or you die trying. Meaning that she, I, make, I, make it or die trying. Make it or die trying. Exactly. Exactly. You don't exactly. make it or, or you die trying. Make it or die trying. And I suppose, mm-hmm. you, yeah. really, that would be the approach to, to us uh, when we are at the foot of the cross, when we are kneeling down. Before yeah. God, you are saying, Lord, this is my last person. I have nowhere else to go. It's either you save me or I die. In fact, I say him like that. Unless you save me, I will die and take me, take me as I am. But again, you have not answered the question, everybody. Yeah. Was it Christina's intercession? Was it Mercy's persistent knocking or something else? What was it? Okay, and also I will say um, um, Christina's intercession too, mm-hmm. because we could see that she actually interceded. She kept a word. Mm. to our friend that mm. once I get there I'm going to tell the the, the man the gatekeeper about mm. you and we could see that she actually interceded for her exactly so I would say that added to it that while could... the gate was okay very good thank you very much and so also, sir, and also to add to what Sister Deumi said you know yes. that's what Jesus Christ is doing for us he's interceding for us absolutely you know so what yeah so what Christiana did for mercy yes it's it's um 
Yes, interceding, and at the same time, the person must equally be willing. We, we equally to. be willing to exactly. So Mercy was knocking uh, desperately. Christina was also interceding passionately. Uh, Rashi, you wanted to say something? Uh, yes, sir. Um, yes, emphasis has been laid on the fact that one, uh, the intercession of Christiana, mm-hmm. then the persistency of mercy. Mm-hmm. I think the third thing is also the interest of the gatekeeper to even Hallelujah. open the gate. Exactly. Either it is at the first knock or after several knock, the mm. fact is that the keeper is willing to open the gate. Mm. So it is uh, on this journey, we have our part, we have the part of fathers and mothers in faith, I mean, mentors. And God himself has his own role. The mm. Bible speaking, it said that uh, unto him who is able to keep mm. you from falling and to present you faultless. So, meaning that God is willing to keep, God is willing to open this door. Either at the first knock or after several knock, God also has uh, a part to play in establishing us in faith. Mm. So, the intercession of Christ, our own intentional work with God mm-hmm. and God's loving art mm. to receive us, to at, receive the us end. at the end. Mm. Exactly. So all these three working together as one to work out our salvation. Uh, I mean, we must thank you, Mr. MC, for bringing out that out that for us, the person interceding for us is Christ, uh, the one seated at the right hand of the Father and making intercession for us. And we are also required to ask because it is with the mouth that uh, we make profession of our faith and are saved and then the willingness of our lord to save us and we're going to get to that shortly i want us to look at these next uh, two questions remember that when the gate was finally opened uh, what state was mercy in she had fainted she had fainted uh, so much so that even when the, the keeper of the gate said to her uh, arise uh, we read that she was she was feeble she was feeble she was not stable on her legs and say look let us consider the state when the keeper saw her consider that state somebody who had fainted on the floor on the ground i consider that she must have picked up some dirt on the ground and then when she was asked to stand up and she was raised up uh, she was not even stable she was you know uh, she was uh, swaying from side to, to side uh, we're asking do these three things weakness fainting and feebleness do they make us less welcome or less acceptable before god Should we be concerned how the Lord finds us when we are praying? If he finds a person who is fainting, he has said uh, men ought to pray and not faint, but somebody has fainted, uh, would that person be less acceptable before God? Or somebody is fainting, maybe has not fainted, but is fainting, is losing heart, and has become so feeble, has become of little faith, but is still there, still there at the gate. The person has not left the gate, is still, you know, there saying oh i i i rather I, I will either make it or i die trying the person is there but has fainted from uh, from praying so weakness fainting feebleness do they make us less welcome do they make us less acceptable before god anyone uh, go ahead our <clears throat> um, uh, feebleness being I mean, weak doesn't make us less accepted or less welcomed by God. Mm. Because 
the Sami said he understands our frame. Hmm. He remembers we are dust. And he knows that we are made of dust. So he himself understands our frame. He, he understands that we are feeble. So mm -hmm. he doesn't make us less accepted. He, he, he accepts us in whatever. Just like the hymn you, you referenced at a point, mm. uh, uh, there is a hymn that says, Just as I am. Without one plea. Without one plea. O Lamb of God, I, I come. Mm -hmm. I come. So it, it, it is just the way we are. And as you were asking that question, I was asking that for Stephen, mm. despite the fact that he was stoned to death, mm. we could see, <laughs> we've always read that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Mm -hmm. But if you read the account in Acts chapter 8, mm. you see that when Stephen saw Jesus, the scripture said he was standing mm. to receive him. To receive him, so, yes. The, the point of being stoned and all of those are, must have, you know, we heard him out, you know, the condition of getting there. Mm. But still, the master could stand to receive him. Oh, yes. Let us look at exactly. the prodigal son in, in, in Luke chapter 15. Mm -hmm. exactly. He came True. tattered. He came in rags. But the father saw him from afar off. Yes. Even when he had pre he had a pre-notion that the father will not accept him yes. as son. He was ready to, you know, to take a feeble state of of slave. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe let me say feebler, if there's a word like that. <laughs> a, a state that is less reduced in quality. Mm -hmm. a, a slave, he rather want to be a slave, just <laughs> like the Sami said, I would rather be a slave. A doorkeeper. So, mm. but that does not reduce the the warm reception. The father threw party, killed. He put signet on his finger. Yes, changed his mood. Mm -hmm. There was a massive welcoming. Absolutely. So it does not reduce it. The fact is, we must ensure we get there. Exactly. We must ensure we talk to God in the place of prayer. Don't say I I am weak to anyhow. Mm. Just just pray. be at the place of prayer. Complain. Mm. Just assess God. He's willing. His hands are continually open. Just make sure you touch God at every point in time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And thank you for, uh, for making references to those wonderful accounts uh, from the scripture, which, uh, and all of them, they make the point. They make that point. Don't be don't be overly concerned about how how you'll be seen by the Lord. I mean, if you if you want to hide your weakness from anyone, don't hide it from God. Him who knows everything, knows your heart, he reads your heart uh, like a, like an open book. Uh, Psalm one thirty nine says, uh, Psalm one thirty nine says, the night uh, the night is as day is as day to him. The darkness and the light are both alike to him. Uh, Sister additional says. Yes. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Good evening everybody. Man. Thank Good you, Gratian, for what you said. As you were talking, I just remembered Isaiah 42. Exactly. I was hoping to quote that, so thank God. Go ahead. <laughs> that a bruised reed, it will not break. Amen. That means that no matter how weak we are, mm -hmm. he will see strength in us. I remember that Apostle Paul said that um, strengthen the weak news. Mm. And let everything, it was in Isaiah, then Paul quoted it, I think, in yes. Corinthians. 
that we should strengthen the weak knees and uh, so that what is lame will not be torn out of the way, yeah. but shall be healed. That's how the prophet said it. So Jesus has come not to break, but mm -hmm. to make all. And he even said that he came for sinners. He has not, he's not, he's a physician that came for people that are weak. Mm. So when we are in our weakest points, Jesus still loves us. And we can all testify. Separately, we have gone to our wit end and we thought that, ah, would God even use me again? Mm -hmm. Would mm -hmm. I be relevant mm -hmm. again? And we see him still holding out to, out to us mm -hmm. and hugging us and bringing us in. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. <coughs> Thank you so very much. God bless you, man. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, dog guide. Yeah, thank you very much. It's been very refreshing hearing all of this. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to point us to what even uh, Paul himself said in Second Corinthians chapter 12. Yeah. You know, Paul narrated his own state of weakness. Yeah. And was saying that, well, there was this agent of uh, Satan that was buffeting me. Mm -hmm. And three times I asked the Lord to take it away. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, uh, well, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. weakness. Mm -hmm. My grace is sufficient. sufficient for you. So Paul then concluded. He said, I will all the more glory in my infirmities, mm. that the power of God may rest upon me. Hallelujah. I mean, this is, this is a, a, a very powerful illustration of how God perceives our weakness. Oh, yes. Actually, it is a desirable feature. That's <laughs> <laughs> <has> a mystery. <laughs> he, he, he likes us when we are weak. As opposed to us thinking that, that when we are, we are strong, weak, that, yeah, that, that we have any power of our own. Yes, when we are strong, that's when we should be very careful. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. that's where he really doesn't like. The Bible says, the rich he has sent away empty. Mm, exactly. The poor he has satisfied with good things. And as uh, Luke chapter 1. Luke, okay. Mm, Mary yes, is magnificent. Yeah. Mary is magnificent. So we can see there that, as a matter of fact, typically, God embraces our weakness. Mm -hmm. For there, his own strength is made perfect. And therefore, if there's anything we should even glory in at all, Paul encourages us. He says that we all the more glory in infirmity, that the power of God may rest upon it. Now, what is this power of God? We see that in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says when there is infirmity found in us, mm. that is when the Holy Spirit's power is engaged in magnificent ways he says the spirit himself helped exactly yeah i, exactly. I pray god we help us amen amen i mean wonderful wonderful contributions there and it's telling us just one thing hey don't don't uh, don't hide from your lord don't hide from your lord go to him just as you are just as i am without one plea and you know that reference to isaiah 42 3 yeah the prophet said about him but our lord he said he will not cry out or raise his voice. A bruised reed, he will not break. A smoldering wick, he will not extinguish. I love the way that, uh, that I think New Living Transition puts it, saying that he will not crush the weakest reed, like the weakest grass. He will not crush it, and he will not put out a flickering candle. Can you imagine a candle that is already burning out, flickering, almost going out? It says the Lord will not put out such a candle. Instead, he will fan it back. Uh, back to flame. I pray that the Lord will teach us to go before him just as we are, trusting in his grace, trusting in his righteousness and knowing that he will never turn us back. And that leads us to question four. Mercy feared rejection because she wasn't formally invited like Christiana. We have read that. 
Now, let's reflect on John 6.37 and discuss whether her fear was valid or if she had any reason to believe that she wouldn't be accepted. Was she truly uninvited? Let's look at John 6.37. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Yes, Christina received that formal invitation, that letter given to her by Mr. Secret, asking her to embark on the journey. But looking at John 6.37, all those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. And we do say that mercy truly was not invited. She was there. She found herself at the gate. She was knocking. She was walking to the gate. Do you think she truly was not invited? Because she did not receive that formal invitation. She did not receive the invitation the same way that Christiana received it. And I think we, 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 we explored themes around this yesterday as well. In fact, I would say, uh, Doc, when you were discussing that issue about, about how the Christian race and individual race, and you said, look, some people come into the race uh, for purposes and in manners different from others. We are not to proceed on the basis that there's only one way uh, to get on the journey. We should not suppose that there's only one way to be invited. I would say anybody who finds himself or herself at the wicked gate, and that is before the Lord with himself the gate, with the door. Anybody who finds himself there, that person has been invited. That person has been invited. Maybe the person did not receive a formal invitation as a letter written uh, by the king uh, on behalf of Christian to his wife. But if the person has come to Christ, that is the person uh, who the Father has drawn. And that is how we must understand in this context what our Lord said in John 6, that all those the Father gives me will come to me. How will they come? We do not know. How will they be drawn? We do not know. But all that he gives me will come to me. Will come to me. So to that extent, I think that, uh, that Mercy's fears were, uh, were, were not valid as we have seen anyway that she has been, she has been admitted. And our Lord has said, whoever comes to me, I will never, I will never drive away. I'll never drive away. Is it possible that somebody will knock on that door, no matter how faint, no matter how weak, no matter how doubtful, that somebody will knock on that door and will be driven away? Our Lord has said, in response to question, a question about salvation, our Lord said, if you have faith as small as a seed of mustard, as small as a seed of mustard, uh, you are going to move mountains. And there is no greater mountain to move than, than, than to move the gate of salvation, right? Uh, Russian, go ahead. Uh, well, again, another scripture comes to mind, which is John chapter 1. Mm. When Jesus started his ministry, the scripture told us of how he came across some persons and he invited them, mm. such as Peter, mm-hmm. such as Andrew. Yes. But when you begin to read from, that should be 41 thereabouts, he met Philip, he called Philip. Yes. And Philip went to look for Nathaniel yeah. and say, come and see. So the, the invitation does not look direct from Jesus. Exactly. But it doesn't mean when Nathaniel comes, Jesus will say, I've, I never invited you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right. ideally, when he says in John chapter 6, verse 37, that whosoever come to me, I will in no wise cast away. That's how KJV put it. Mm-hmm. It, it actually means it. Either you are, you, you know, it, it is, it is, it looks logical when somebody who is 
born into a Christian home now says, okay, I'm saved, I'm saved. It looks maybe the person just continue in the in the trend of his parents' religion. But when you when somebody is a Muslim or somebody who is totally lost into sin, mm. you are saying Jesus loves you, come, it looks as if <laughs> this thing is not real. Yeah. I've seen where we preach to someone and immediately when we said now you are saved, it was like in how many seconds? <laughs> <laughs> You you met me. How many minutes have we talked? And you said, okay, just say I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe that He died for me. And and after that, we say congratulations. You are now saved. It doesn't look logical. It looks <laughs> this person. You don't understand my past. You mm. don't understand. <laughs> so now even Nathaniel somehow was like no, but Philip said, come and see. And when he drew near and Jesus began to tell him something, he had no option than to accept it exactly. and to say, no, this is a prophet. This is this. This is the Messiah and all of those. So whoever comes to him, he will know why. The, the salvation, the gift of salvation is to everybody. To Acceptance everyone. is all that we need to do to subscribe. Hallelujah. Just accept Hallelujah. and come. Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much for making the point so so beautifully there. Thank you. God bless you. Really good. We also have this uh, on WhatsApp. Grandma S. Thank you very much. This is what she has written. This is now underscoring the uh, the persistence of mercy, uh, which is very important for us to underscore and our importunity. Uh, Grandma S. has written here saying that mercy's importunity was rewarded. In Luke eleven eight. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And we must again emphasize that lesson, the lesson of, of, of the need for us to just stay put at the place of prayer and keep praying. Our Lord said there that, look, it is not to compare God with that unjust judge, but you see, even if an unjust, sinful, wicked judge would be moved, by a petitioner's importunity, think about the loving, the kind, the gracious God Almighty. Would he not? Uh, would he not move himself to avenge his people and to attend to their needs? Of course, he will. Thank you very much, ma. God bless you, really good. Uh, I want to skip question five. We are going to come back to it later. But I, I hope we all paid attention when uh, the Lord of the of the way said to them that, "Oh, I have saved my people by word." and by deed. I've said them by word and by deed. And then later on, he showed them a sight, showing them the time when they were saved. The question we are trying to ask now is, if we hear that, oh, we have been saved by word and by deed, what do you think the Lord of the way was referring to? What word? What deed was he referring to? And when we read that, he showed them a sight, to show them at what time they were saved and to assure them that the sight would comfort them in their journey. I'm going to read that portion and I want us to look closely at it and, and try to fully understand uh, what was said there. Okay, I, don't, I do not think we've actually read that part. Okay, okay, that's the question we should attempt after we have read uh, this other part. So let's continue with the reading. We are going to read to the end now. From, let's read from a smile tugged at the corner of Christiana's mouth. We are on page 18. If you are with us at Gospel Best Street, please, we are on page 18. We are going to read from page 18 to 19 and then attend those questions. Okay. Um, 
Okay, starting from Mercer's head. Okay. I read. Mercer's head bobbed in agreement. Please, next time it comes down, be sure to ask him why he keeps such a filthy mongrel in his yard. She paused for a moment and said, I hope he will not take it wrong. Yes, do ask him, the children said in unison, and persuade him to hang the mongrel, but we are afraid it will bite us in the future. So finally, it came down to them again. When Mercy saw him, she fell to the ground on her face before him and worshipped. She said, let my Lord accept the sacrifice of praise, which I now offer to him with my lips. So he said to her, peace be to you, stand up. For she continued to lay face down and said, you are always righteous, O Lord, when I bring my case before you, yet I will speak with you about your judgments. Scripture, righteous are thou, O Lord, even though I dispute with thee, even so I will speak judgments with thee. Jeremiah 12, verse 1. She picked up at him and asked, Why do you keep such a cruel dog in your yard? And the sight of it, at the sight of it, women and children such as us are ready to flee from your gate in fear. In fear. Okay, don't we ju- just hold on. Now, I want us to all okay. listen very carefully to this part that we're going to read, and we're going to go around the class to ask us what is the profound portion of this of the response from the Lord of the way in this answer. The question is, why do you keep such a cruel dog in your yard? At the sight of it, women and children such as us are ready to flee from your gate. Why do you keep a dog like that? Why do you have dogs scaring people away from the door to the wicked and to the narrow way? Okay, go ahead. It said, that dog has another owner who lives in the castle, which you see there in the distance. It just keeps him close to another man's property. And many pilgrims hear his barking, but can still come up to the walls of this place. While that is neither good nor bad, he has frightened many an honest pilgrim by the deep booming of his barking. The fact is that the owner of the dog doesn't keep him out of any goodwill to me or mine but with the sole intent to keep pilgrims from coming to me. It is his hope that pilgrims may be too afraid to come and knock at this gate when they hear the ferocious bark of his dog. Sometimes the dog has even broken out and harassed some whom I loved. But for now, I accept patiently. I also give my pilgrims timely help so that they are not transferred to his power to do it as his doggish nature would prompt him to do. But if you had been my purchased one before you met the dog, I trust you would, have, would not have been afraid. 
the beggars who go from door to door are willing to run the hazard of the hauling, of the bawling, barking, and biting of a dog, rather than lose possible donations. So shall a dog, a dog in another man's yard, a dog whose barking I turn to the prophets of pilgrims, keep any from coming to me. I deliver them from the lions and my precious ones from the power of the dog. Scripture, save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the unicorn. I will declare my name unto my bedroom. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise thee. Psalm 22, verses 1, 21 and 22. Mercy sat up and said, I confess my ignorance. I spoke about things I did not understand. I acknowledge that you do all things well. Then Christiana began to talk of their journey and to ask for directions. So he fed them and washed their feet and set them in the way of his steps in the same way he had done for her husband at the start of his pilgrimage. Thank you so very much, Domi, for reading so so well. And uh, that, that that answer, you remember that uh, after Mercy was taken in, uh, then both uh, Seth and Christiana started talking, making fun of one another. And Christiana said, "Look, I thought we were going to break down the door. You were so persistent." Uh, but at the end, the two of them said, "Well, why does he keep the dog?" I remember, and uh, when they started knocking. There was a dog roaring ferociously, barking, and it almost scared them away from, uh, from from the gate. If you remember from Pilgrim's Progress Part 1, when Christian himself got to the wicked gate, uh, there was uh, Beelzebub. Beelzebub, there was, we were told that there was a house, uh, a tower where there was Beelzebub trying always to fire arrows at those at the gate. So this time around, there was this ferocious dog, and the question, uh, Mercy, asked the lord of the way was this well why do you keep such a dog why do you keep such a cruel dog uh, just before we go into that answer a number of things to reflect on as well we see our uh, mercy trying to trying to ask a question was she questioning the owner's judgment was she questioning the owner's priorities was she questioning the owner's uh the owner's uh, wisdom in conducting his affairs no but was she asking a question sometimes uh, we need to ask the lord because we do not understand things we are not to question his judgment to question his decisions question his actions we are we are to take example from this portion of of the scripture jeremiah 12 1 righteous art thou O lord even though i dispute with thee even so, I will speak judgment with thee. Meaning that when you go to go to God, you are saying that, Lord, I know your judgments are true and righteous altogether. I'm only asking that it may please you to explain this to me. Uh, I do not understand. It is okay for God's children to say, I do not understand. Or, uh, I'm confused. But please explain to me. But a Christian, somebody who has submitted to the Lordship of Christ and who acknowledges God, must start from the point, I know you are right. I just need to understand. As opposed, for, as opposed to somebody who has not submitted to the Lordship of Christ, somebody who will say, well, I mean, that's, that, that's not the right thing to do. How can it be right? How can God say, how, why would God do this? Why would God say, why would God order things like this? But the Christian will say, I know you are right. Your judgments are true and righteous altogether. Uh, please explain to me. Open my heart that I may, that I may understand. But let's go back to this, uh, to this answer 
are given by the Lord of the way? Why the dog is scared? Which part of this answer resonates with you? Which part of this answer resonates with you? Please do contribute. Which part of this answer resonates with you? Uh, and do you think that's a satisfactory answer to the question of why that dog continues to be there trying to scare potential, uh, trying to scare new converts from embarking on the pilgrimage? Do you think the question has been satisfactorily answered with the answer given by the Lord of the way? Who has that dog? Is the dog actually kept by the Lord of the way? Is, is, the, is the dog kept by him? Who has that dog? And what's the purpose of that dog being there? Go ahead, man. Um, the, the owner of the dog is Satan. Exactly. And... Um, it resonates in the sense that we experience his barking, the dog's barking mm-hmm. in, in our own lives. Yes. Also, the scriptures tells us that um, in Isaiah 59, 19, okay. so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, Amen. the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. The truth is that when the enemy sees you trying to get close to God, mm. it comes with a flood of mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start having problems, you see that they don't come in ones or twos. Mm. They come in torrents. Mm. And um, it's, um, it's to discourage us. I remember um, in my own walk, there was a time that when I choose to praise God mm. and I used to love to praise God I start having problems mm. and I took notice that anytime I decide to praise God troubles <laughs> seems to come looking for him <laughs> to come looking for me and so that scared me so much that I stopped mm. you know once they come like that I just stop say, ah, why is it that when I'm praising God that's when I'm having problems so I'll stop but I learned that um, even if you don't Praise God. The problems still persist. They still come anyway. Mm-hmm. So why mm-hmm. not praise your way through it? And so I persist. The more the problems are, the more I praise God. Mm. And you know, the lucky thing for us is that the enemy is the coward. When he sees that exactly. you persist, he runs away. He runs away. He's scared. The coward he runs. Mm. And then you have your victory. Oh, yes. So I've gained strength through that. So I know that when you persist, you know. Like this uh, lady was was knocking. Mm. The door must be opened. Mm-hmm. It's the, the word is must. It will be it opened. It will be opened. You just keep pressing on and it will be opened. And if you can't do the knocking alone, gather in, um, will I say reinforcements, other people. Yeah, to join your prayers. Not good to be alone. Yeah. Get people to pray along with you and surely you get your answers. Exactly. I mean... Uh, Thank you so very much. I mean, when you mentioned that uh, sometimes, I mean, if we are all, if we pay attention, you discover that it is true. The moment you decide uh, to 
draw closer to God. And if you have drawn away for a while, you want to draw closer to Him, or you just you have resolved by the power of the Holy Spirit to stop something that the Holy Spirit has to, have been telling you to stop. You are just trying to move closer to God. Uh, if you pay attention, you find that yes, troubles then tend to come uh, more than before, and that is what we must interpret as the barking, the barking of that dog. When you mentioned that. And we should not be scared because the dog will uh, will scared we will be scared and we would run away if we continue to call on the name of God. I want to call our attention to this paragraph on page ten, and that's taking us back to chapter four. If you go to that paragraph on page ten, say finally they thought about knocking again. At this time, they knocked more passionately than they did the first time. The keeper of the gate answered, "Who is there?" And then listen to this. It says at the sound. Of the gatekeeper's voice, the dog ran off to bark elsewhere. And is that not what you know so well? That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess uh, his lordship. So we can be sure that yeah, the dogs will always bark, but they always they're always just there to scare us. I mean, one portion from Pigeon Progress One that I always recall uh, with with joy is the that account of when. Mr. Timorous turned back and said to Christian, look, don't go up that hill difficulty. You know what? There are lions. There are lions there. There are lions there. But thankfully, uh, Christian persisted. And when Christian got to where the lions were, the keepers of the of the palace beautiful said to him, oh, don't mind them. Just keep coming. And Christian said, look, but the, but the lion, the lions, don't keep coming. They are chained. They are chained lions. They are chained. Meaning that they are not going to consume you. They are chained. And all that we all uh, will will profit from that, from remembering that that no no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever uh, draw us or take us from, a, from from his hand. Yeah, thank you very much, Sister B, for that. And that is so relatable. Uh, almost, I believe all of us can relate uh, can relate with that. Okay, is there any other thing from this that resonates with you uh, from the response uh, from the keeper of the house about the place of that dog? We have established, like Stabina said, uh, that uh, the dog does not belong to the Lord. It belongs to uh, to the devil who tries to, to scare. And another philosophical question would be, well, if it does not belong to, to the Lord and the Lord has all, all authority and power, why does he allow the, the devil to continue to keep that dog? Why does he allow him to keep that dog? There's an answer here. If you look at page 18, it says, but for now, I accept it patiently. But for now, I accept it patiently. And that's so true about the reality of the authority of God and the existence of evil in this world. Co- coexisting, we may say, uh, he has all authority and power, but then there is the reality of evil as well. There is the reality of the powers of darkness in the world we live in. And the truth is that, yes, for now, for a moment, for a season, the Lord accepts it. But the time will come when all will be subjected to the authority, to the authority of Christ in His divine will, in His divine ordaining of things. That is the way it is. But then, he said, I also give my pilgrims timely help. I also give them timely help. Meaning that, yeah, the dog uh, continues. I suffer it to continue for now, but I give my pilgrims timely help so that they are not transferred to his power. And I think that should just give us rest. That although the uh, the the devil may bark, uh, the devil may throw darts at us, hey, he was going to give us timely help, and we will never, we will never be transferred 
to his power. We never be transferred to his power. And then look at this analogy. It says, beggars, beggars go from door to door. And those beggars who go from door, they are willing to run the hazard of the bawling, the barking, and the biting of the dog rather than lose possible donations. Think about it. Those who go from house to house trying to beg for money, uh, they, are, they are willing to risk all those hazards. And then this rhetorical question, so shall a dog, a dog in another man's yard, a dog whose barking I turn to the profit of pilgrims, shall such a dog keep any from coming to me? I deliver them from the lions and my precious ones from the power of the dog. Sister B, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just trying to... There's a scripture, the okay. way of escape. Yeah, I will always speak... When, when, when there's a temptation, the Lord makes a way of escape. Exactly. A, with the temptation, always comes a way of escape. So when we are tempted, we should always realize that there's a way of escape that the Lord provides around us. So we look for it and take it. And take it, exactly. So, yes. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Okay. No temptation has seized you. But with each temptation, it makes a way to escape to escape from it, and, and, and we can we can trust we can trust in that. That's one that is as well as other part of the scripture. We can take it to the bank. We can take it. It's bankable that is going to is going to deliver its people. Thank you also very much. Beautiful class again, and I hope that this has been profitable to all of us. If there are other contributions, please uh, let us have them after after the singing of this hymn. By the grace of God, next Saturday we'll meet. Uh, that will be November 11, by the grace of God, and we'll be talking about the interpreter's house. And we're going to find that in this case, uh, the interpreter's house seems to be another house entirely, just new uh, new messages, new lessons, new lessons to learn. Maybe lessons just unique to uh, Christiana and, and Mercy in their own way. He who would valiant be against all disaster, let him in constancy follow the master.
And yes, may the Lord give us grace to keep that resolve to labor night and day to be pilgrims in Jesus' name. Amen. Doc, I sit there. Uh, please say the closing prayer. Dear Father, we bless you. Thank you, Lord. We appreciate you for our study tonight. We thank you for granting us insight into the mysteries of the Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that by these powerful illustrations by John Boyan and the illustrations by the character set before us, we know what the journey ahead of us must look like. Mm -hmm. Father, Lord, we thank you very much for these great truths. Accept our acts of gratitude in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, Lord, we ask that as we take this journey, Lord, let it please you that you will keep us from falling. Amen. And you will present us faultless and without blemish before the throne of your presence with exceeding joy. Amen. When we come to wicked gates, Lord, grant us grace to knock Amen. with importunity. Amen. For we know from your word that for those who knock, the door shall be opened. Amen. And if there be any door upon which any one of us on this platform has been knocking, May we receive the pleasure of the Lord of the house for an opening in Jesus' name. Amen. For the Bible says, I set before you an open door, which no man shall shut. Where we see shut doors, let the openings become obvious to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you because when the dogs of the enemy will bark at us, there are times when our hearts will shiver with uncertainty and doubt. Mm. We ask, O oh God, that by your spirit, we shall receive fresh assurance day by day. And in the courage that only we can get from the Spirit, we shall forge ahead Amen. and lay claim upon that which the Lord has already bought for us by his blood. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. As we go this week, we ask that we will go under the shadow of the Almighty Amen. and in the pleasure of your will. Amen. When we shall come again next week to learn at your feet, Amen. we never remain the same again. Amen. Breathe upon us, O God. And let us receive fresh insight from on high. Thank you, Lord, for answered prayer. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, my children, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you also very much. Look forward to having you again with us next week for another uh, meeting of the Readers Club. Jesus would I know more of his grace to others show more of his saving fullness more of his love who died for me more more about Jesus more more about Jesus more of his saving fullness more of his love who died for me about Jesus let me learn more of his holy will discern spirit of God my teacher be Showing the things of Christ to me More, more about Jesus More, 
more about Jesus, more of His saving fullness. Of His love, who died for me, more about Jesus on His throne. Riches in glory, all his own. More of his kingdom, sure increase. More of his coming, prince of peace. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of His saving fullness, more of His love who died for me. Thank you very much. Beautiful, beautiful night. Have a wonderful week ahead. God bless you, very good. You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of